0: Evening and welcome to the latest episode of Time Added On. How are we, Tom? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Well, you have to be when the football's so
1: bad. Yeah, we're all good. We're getting we're getting to Christmas. We're getting. <laughs> we Christmas. are getting It Christmas. don't feel like it. Don't feel festive at the football, but we're getting we're getting to. Christmas. We're
0: getting we're getting closer to Christmas. Yeah, uh, and we finally managed to score a goal this week. That that's how bad things have got. We're actually celebrating on on Wednesday night that we managed to score a goal. It's been a long time in the making. So you know, let's keep it positive. Things are looking up. We managed to score. Couldn't quite believe it. Didn't know what to do when the goal went in. Like, but uh, we scored.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's probably because uh, we knew we were gonna we knew we were gonna lose anyway. So,
0: uh... <laughs> oh god, we started on a high. We started on a high. Yeah. I mean, look, it's uh, it's it's been another uh, shocking week from a Forest perspective, and uh, I mean, that's no wins now in seven games. Three wins in 19 games this season. Six in 34 going back to last season, as per Daniel Taylor's tweet. So, yeah, it really is grim. We need that Christmas cheer to uh, to really perk us up. But um, I ask you every week, I've asked you every week for the last couple of weeks, are we now officially worried? Because I'm starting to get a bit edgy, Son.
1: No, I'm not worried. I'm still not worried. But I'm, I'm and, yeah, you're the,
0: and you're the miserable one, so that's why I have to start. <laughs> let's, let's go in with that. We're not worried. We're just really, really pissed off.
1: Yeah, I'm not worried. I just, uh, you know, like, I just ate, ate Forest, right now.
0: So <laughs> we'll uh, hold that think... thought. Yeah, we'll come on to that because I was a little interested. We're going to talk about the the, the two games this week because, as I say, the, uh, I mean, I feel like we could just change the teams and just rerun. We probably didn't need to record a pod this week, Tom. We could just get last week's pod and insert, insert Norwich, insert Norwich... And uh and go from there, really. Do you know what I mean? It's uh yeah, at
1: one point I was tempted. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good
0: again at Norwich and uh and even yesterday look, we'll come on to Brentford as well. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those weeks where we just get done with the same stuff, kind of game in, game out. As I say, it it's uh we keep giving them the benefit of the doubt saying it's gonna turn, but it, it it's not going. But you're not officially worried yet, so that'll do for me. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I
1: won't add too much of a detail than that because so I'm sure I'll come on to the. Uh, it'll probably sound like I am worried after after this, but I promise I'm not.
0: <laughs> right, well, let's let's go with that. Let's try and keep it upbeat, otherwise we'll be hemorrhaging listeners like no tomorrow. We don't want it to we don't want to whinge on for the next hour. Um, so we'll try and keep it upbeat, but obviously, um, as we've just said, it, it's the same old this week in terms of performances and, and individual mistakes costing us. We said last week, and obviously this is the, the end of this horrible run of um, of six games against teams all in and around that top six. Um, and obviously Barnsley started this run to the seven games. And obviously we know how hopeless we are away at Barnsley. So that has to be seen as a uh, ridiculously tough game. But we'll come to the end of that now. We knew in this in this week against Norwich and Brentford, both top, top, top sides, but both sides are going to be in amongst it. You knew we needed to be at our best and solid defensively. Um, it was awful at times. Absolutely awful. That first 20 minutes at Norwich and the first half yesterday against Brentford is as bad as anything we've seen this season.
1: Yeah, we just... <laughs> That's, yeah. Me.
0: That's me starting up beat. I
1: also think, like, um, you know, there was. this is where I think if there's... I think we'll be mainly in the same opinion this week, as I think most people will be, be in the same opinion. I think the one game which we might have a slight difference of opinion is this Norwich one, because I think, like, you know, I was looking on Twitter and stuff, and, <laughs> you know, some people kind of sticking up for Forrest and some of some of their spells. But, like... I know we were always expecting this to be a tough one and we were always expecting Norwich to dominate um and take the game to Forest a little bit at home. They have fans in, and I think fans, we we spoke about it last week, does make a small difference. Um but you know, even some of the the small kind of chances Forest made, there was nothing nothing impressed me personally. Takes a lot to impress you, Tom.
0: Takes a lot to impress you.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, it's the championship, so it doesn't take that much to impress me. I mean, I've, you know, not, you know, obviously one thing we can say about this pod, we're in two, even though we're brothers in two slightly different eras, I suppose, in terms of forest. You've seen some of the the better, better times, kind of. And I've only really seen from, well, from being a season ticket holder from League One onwards, and um, so I mean, my standards aren't that
0: high. My, my <laughs> are we talking are, about are, Forest or just in general? <laughs> just in general,
1: but Forest definitely you could count it as the same. But you know, so I get, I get. Obviously, it was gonna always gonna be a tough one. But it, I just there was no sign of any hope oh, <laughs> for God. me in that game personally. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the bottom line thing I have to say is I just never at all thought. The only, actually, there was one point that I thought Forrest would at least score, which obviously, you know, they did, was um, when some of the mates in our chat was bringing up the um, stat from when we first appointed Hewton that I put out to the group about his spell at Brighton where they'd not scored in whatever it was, how many games Um and um, I just knew once that got brought, rolled out, I was like, "Oh, we're different." Yeah, we, in this game now. 100%. We got far. Too, we got mates
0: with far too much time on their hands. i been gone through what. Uh, I, mean, good, I, mean, it was,
1: yeah. I mean, I didn't comment back, but I mean, I was sat there thinking, "Yeah, I was right." I did I mean, really get right. right. I I, I, I disagree.
0: But, I mean, I, I think. Well, yeah, we I think we're pretty much in agreement about Brentford because we've just chatted about it before we came on on air. But I disagree with this Norwich game as much as bad as they were for that first twenty twenty five minutes. They grew into it. Don't get me wrong; they didn't then take the game to Norwich and were were kind of flipped it on its head, and it was all one way traffic. But they did well to get back into it. They restricted Norwich to to. A couple of chances, and Samba made a couple of really good saves, but they at least started to threaten going forward. And obviously, Lolly, I thought, in that, in that second 20 minutes of the first half, and then it all just went to, to complete part. And this is what we mean at the start, where we talked about the same problems. It was, you were thinking at 45 minutes, especially after that first spell in the first half that we've talked about, you think, getting at half-time, regroup and go again in the second half for a bang-on 45 minutes, um, they lose concentration and they end up going in at half-time, one-nil down, and, and Chris Houston's team talk has been completely ripped up. And not only have they gone in at half-time, one-nil down, having conceded in injury time, you don't mind to an extent if you're beaten by a well-worked goal or an absolute worldie, but they have completely brought that on themselves. And I, I, I watched the passage to play back today, actually, just to make sure that wasn't being uber-critical, Um, on a few players, I have basically jotted it down as Taylor just didn't bother closing his man down, which meant they could play it out from the back. When the ball went in, it was just a shocking header from Ribeiro back into the danger area. Christie just watched it, watched it, doesn't react at all. And then it smashed straight through Samba. So there's four players in that build-up. You can argue there's probably another one or two as well that just don't react. But they're the main four culprits for me uh, in that whole build-up um and it was just a really really poor goal to give away because you think you know get it into half time away at norris nil nil gives you a platform at least to build on for the second half to at least try and come away with a point but that is just criminal all around and just sums up the way our season's going
1: Yeah, but I mean Norwich before that goal were starting to build up some pressure. It's not as if it came completely out of the blue for me. And obviously there are players within that team, you know, like Buendia, who who was obviously for me a level above and probably if we weren't in the current circumstances, maybe a club in the Premier League would have taken a bit more of a, a risk on that. Obviously, I think... Probably some of those clubs in the Premier League just trying to be shrewder with their cash, which is probably why the likes of Wendy and, and Brooks, who we face against Bournemouth, are still actually with their respective clubs. But, you know, Norwich were starting to build up pressure again after a short, you know, we can talk about that good spell for us. short, good spell. Um, and yeah, like you say, obviously, there's lots of corporates culprits, culprits for it. Um, you know, Samba should do better. Samba should do a lot better. Riviera obviously heads it away and it goes straight. He heads well, it, head straight it away, right. but he
0: heads it straight to him. Well, <laughs> if he heads it away, heads he'd have gone it, in 0 0 at half time, would have been quids heads in.
1: It, heads it away from where we wanted <laughs> it to be to, to Norwich. Um, and obviously, they score. But I mean, it's just textbook forest at the moment. And it's the only way I can describe it in terms of fully fully, you know, it sounds bad but just fully expect to happen. And I'm not sat here saying, Oh yeah, God, I knew knew something like that when I feel like I missed it Meg, or something like that. But it's just what you expect from mm. Forest right now. And yeah, I mean, for me, I thought Norwich were were, you know, good value for their lead at half time, regardless of the way that the goal came about, um, I thought, you know, deserved it on on the run of run of play within the full yeah, part, I can't yeah.
0: dispute that. I can't dispute that. I just to say, I was just disappointed to the fact that they've just done that, especially because there wasn't—I can't remember how—but it wasn't that long. It wasn't that many minutes of injury time added on, and, and actually we were up their end of the we were up their end of the pitch, and then they kind of broke down the other end. And it was almost like one of the last kicks of the first half. It's just disappointing to give the goal away at such a disappointing stage. Again, I have to give credit to Forest though—they stuck out in second half, and as I say, we finally scored, which was an absolute novelty in itself knock out. I mean, I'll put cross come shot. I mean, that's being kind, is it, to be honest with you? Uh, it, 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 it was a cross um, that snuck in, but hey, we'll take him. We'll take him. We're not scored for so long. I mean, he, he was brilliant. I thought he, he made a real difference when he came on. At least there was some positivity. He wanted the ball. He wanted to get on the ball. He took the game to Norwich. I thought they were, they were, they were good value for that goal because they had a couple of decent forays, if you like, into the, uh, into the Norwich Half the Norwich box at that point. So I thought getting that goal um, was really, again, a platform to just, just, I'd say, not even to really build on, just to keep, just to keep hold of that point and come away with. But the hope didn't last long three or four minutes. Uh, yeah. And Norwich goes straight on the other end. I mean, they get a huge defection. So, again, when you look against you, that's the type of things that happen. But huge, huge, huge defection, bottom corner. And from that moment, you, you just can't. Uh, you couldn't see Forrest coming back into it. Say, course over the course of the the whole game, I think I'd have argued yes, Norwich had a, were probably deserving winners of that first half. I think second half, obviously, we we get our goal, and I, I I think Forrest would have been good value for a point. You you know you can't really deny that you know Norwich getting the the second our goal was lucky, their goal was lucky. You might say well, overall, then two one Norwich probably a fair result. Yeah, you you would struggle. I think, had Forrest have held on to a point, uh, I don't think there'd have been too many grumbles. But it's just one of those, when things are going against you, it, those deflected goals, et cetera, will go in. I, I, I thought we were okay for a point. I think you, you obviously disagree on that. Um,
1: yeah, 100%. I could not wait for you to, to stop talking. And so I could say you're wrong. Um, I didn't think Forrest looked looked good for a point. Personally, I thought, you know, yeah, we can say when you look against you, you, you can see goals like the the goals that Forest conceded. But you know, the, the the general point is, is the way that Forest leave themselves exposed, regardless of whether it takes a little bit of a deflection or your defender or your, and your goalkeeper aren't good enough to save or stop simple goals going in. Um, Forest allow teams to get to that point where a potential thing can take in nick, and yeah when you're at the bottom of the table those things do happen that's just you know that is football weirdly there's no science behind it but when you're at the bottom things do take a bit of a dip and you know things you don't get the rub of the green and when you're at the top maybe you do get a bit more of that look but that is usually because you don't have the quality to stop simple things getting to that point where you know football is a a striker can do a sweet shot, and that can be a bit of luck at times. They don't, you know, necessarily mean to hit it as sweetly as they do and things like that. If you let teams get to that point where luck comes into play, then you deserve to concede those goals. It's as
0: simple as that. And the then way. on to Brentford. I don't think we're gonna just say I don't think we're gonna disagree on this one. Um uh, same 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 story really against Brentford. Just really, really slow start, just didn't come out of the blocks. And we were lucky not to go behind almost straight away after they they had a, an absolutely quick and I mean rapid counter attack. They obviously ended up in 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 uh, Ivan tearing feet and he's he put it wide. That was really a warning sign early on of, of how good a team Brentford are and how quick they can move from defence into attack. Um, that said, didn't take long all to go one 0 down. I think one of the easiest goals you will see from a corner routine. Forrest conceding again from a corner. Um, and once again, Figueiredo losing his man. I, I lose track of how many times we've said that on the pod. Figueiredo losing his man from a corner. I mean, he's twice in the space of, uh, of, a, of a week. Uh, obviously, Reading last week, Brentford this week. Um, appalling, appalling marking. Brentford won't score an easier goal all this time from a corner.
1: No, and I think, you know, I think Figueroa obviously does have to take uh, a large proportion of the blame. But I think this is the difference now, that, and I'm, I know we'll come on to it, but this is the difference now between uh, a team and just a random group of players that have been thrown together, because I think, you know, when figueredo gets blocked off, there are still a couple of forest players because of the way that we mark or don't mark um, that are able to at least come across and they wouldn't, uh, you know, leave much high risk to to anyone else. There were a couple of players that could have come come and ran towards the ball that that didn't. I think Lolly was one of them. Maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe he was well out of the way, um, but that's how I remember it. But, um you know Figueiredo you know, gets blocked off loses his man um he should do much better he should be much stronger than that as a center back he is but, but well yeah 100% but then also i think as a team i think it just shows how much you know Forrester lacking at being a team at the moment because no one else will put their hands in the air and say they also could have yeah. helped yeah. them better there, there were other players that could have. You feared been for us at that point,
0: one 0 down, fifteen on the clock against a side like Brentford. I mean, not not to throw the towel in straight away, but my my head just you just you just dropped. You just you can't. So Forest don't come back. Forest don't come back back from that. And you, you you thought then it was going to be a really really long afternoon. Brentford were lively throughout that first half, had a couple of really good chances. Um, Sam made a decent save. The the acrobatic effort from Tony was an absolute quality chance that only just went over the crossbar. But he, he I mean he is lively. And that another, you know, we talked about Brentford. Um we've talked about Brentford a bit on the pod, and we talked about them last week in terms of the way that they approach their transfer business, if you like, the way they operate as a football club. Obviously, the fact that they lost Watkins and Ben Rama, but then they've replaced them with with Ivan Tony, it's absolutely sound business sense and, and business planning, if you like, uh, I thought he was outstanding um yesterday, and I thought, yeah, I mean that was an absolute i mean he took it really well he he just hit it too well that chance, and it went flying over the bar um but he was a danger for out Forrest offered nothing for that for that first half up until thirty eight when Amiobi seemed to spring into life. I don't I couldn't remember him playing for the first 38, but sprung into life and had a half chance with a decent shot that the keeper saved, decent height for him, too fair. And then we had the chance from Taylor that he, he he hit on the volley from just outside the box just before half time, which he connected with it sweetly. I thought that was going to nest in the bottom corner. Um and it just went wide. But again, half chances really. Um and they just some of Forest so-called best players just just not turning up, just whether that be because Brentford were so lively and so good. But Forrest just didn't turn up, just didn't look in the game, didn't look interested after the squad in that first half. Um Really, really poor, really poor. As I say, one of the th- worst halves coupled with that 20 minutes at Norries that we've seen.
1: Yeah, looked hopeless, would be would be the way. But we, say, be like we said, we said Brentford are a good
0: side, but... Forest at home, and and you know supposedly that long ago we look at that but squad I and that starting eleven, and you'd, and you'd want Forest to ask questions of Brentford.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think you um, you look at Forest team. On, we we go back every single week. We talk about Forest team on paper and the fact. But the thing is with with Brentford, and I think um, you know also some of the other teams that we've lost to in recent weeks. You know your Norwiches, your Bournemouth's. You know the the thing that they have is Forest have built a team full of, you know, they've gone for experienced, experienced pros within this division. Nothing nothing wrong with that. But the thing is is that what is winning within a post-COVID Championship League at the moment is is teams that have a good blend of everything. Now I look at that Brentford side. And I you know, everyone's gonna make it the Ivan Tony show and look, he did have a fantastic game. But Ivan Tony plays that well because he has the likes of Emiliano Marcandez, uh, Matthias Jensen, Tariq Fossu Henry, Brian and and Bream. say his name, and Bueno, um, Josh De Silva when he comes on, uh Sergio Canos when he comes on. They are have an abundance of creative players. Fast, some of them with sound championship experience now. Some of them fairly new to the division. Some of them younger. Some of them slightly older, and they've got a really good blend within that squad that can just rip teams apart. Now, Forest, when I look at their squad, and I look at the experienced players that Forest have, but once they go down, their heads are down, and I don't have any hope. You know, there's Arter for me. Who, who no offence to him, I've really not been impressed with since he signed for Forest surely must add some experience in the dressing room, but in terms of on the pitch, I've not seen it yet. Um, He struggles to complete simple passes. Um, Ami Obi looks like a man defeated. He looks a very frustrated figure. Yates, I'm not even going to go on. Um, Cafu, he looks like he had a decent game a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, but I haven't seen that much since. Knockout brings a bit of creat- creativity every now and again, but then obviously dives or however... He's a bit theatrical, gets sent off, which is just stupid, not exactly not what we need right now. Lolly is really struggling. He's a confidence player. His head's down. Uh, nothing's coming from him. You know, Brentford don't have that problem, and that's all down to the way that they have recruited. And I don't, you know, as much as the next football fan, I don't want to give Brentford too much, you know, uh, positive feedback in terms of the way they do things, but they have got this team right. And I don't. That's not necessarily me saying they'll they'll get promoted because I don't think they will. But um, I think they will constantly be a threat as long as they do things the way that they do things. Whereas Forest uh, rolling the dice. Can't give them to too much
0: credit. The one thing I can't stand about Brentford is their manager. Oh, him <laughs> every time the camera turns to the touchline and watching. Oh, yeah, he just irritates me. Absolutely irritates me. Um. I mean, double change at half time pretty much summed it up. Knock art, Greer on, Lolly and Art off I'll say both of those two completely ineffective. Uh, I mean, they weren't the only two, to be honest with you. Um, but it, it, unusual for Chris Eaton to, to make a double sub at half time, but he's done it. And it had an impact and, and Forrest actually started causing Brentford some issues after that half time. Amiobi, as I say, sprung into life, didn't look interested for the first half. Um, he sprung into life and created two good, good chances, but couldn't find a, a, a red shirt. And that, again, that's just something that we've said in, in recent weeks where we do get into, into decent chances. We just pick, pick the wrong pass and can't quite, can't quite execute that last uh, cross or that last pass into the box well enough to find a red shirt. But he was causing issues. Um, and you felt a goal was coming. And, 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 and knockout obviously scored on, on the 60th minute. Um, I was going mad in the front room. Ruled out offside, and obviously it was due to Taylor standing in front of the keeper. And having watched it back, you, you can't moan. Like we, we, uh, we were all we were laughing. Especially on this part, anyway, we were laughing. Obviously, at the you know we took the benefit of the derby uh, disallowed goal against us a few weeks ago, and obviously Waghorn was was given offside. Same thing, really. Taylor is clearly in the line of sight of their goalkeeper, and the ball goes in. Just really, really important. Really, well, I
1: have to, I, have, I have to be careful, don't I? Because I mean, I said, I said that I, um, I felt Derby were done, were done harshly.
0: but ah, I what is going on? You, are, I you I can't believe you. You can't believe you.
1: What? I mean, Taylor stood right in front of it. Yeah, so hard to talks. see that.
0: I must admit, when yeah. when the goal, there was a bit of, bit of confu- confusion when. As I say, when I was watching it live, and the goal went in, um, it, it, it didn't quite follow that. It didn't quite see because obviously was watching, you're watching Knockar put the ball in. I wasn't tracking Taylor, but yeah, once you put the once you go back and you watch the goal on the replay, quite clearly offside. He, he, he's clearly interfering with play, um, but it's just a real shame because actually you felt at that time Forest were Forest were on top, um, and I thought that would have been a, a, a deserved equaliser. Um, and, and you'd fancied, you know, I wouldn't, not necessarily you'd fancy Forrest to go on and get the winner because you wonder whether Brentford had another gear or two in them that they would have then gone through. Um, but you definitely felt at that time, Forrest were, Forrest were causing Brentford no end of problems. Um, and that was the only p- positive spell out of the whole game that you could say, yeah, do you know what, that was something, if we were going to take something out of that game. That was something to build on. Um, and then, I mean, after that, Forrest kept on knocking on the door. Created very little after that moment, to be in terms of clear cut chances, and then obviously we're pushing and pushing and pushing, and Forrest get caught on the break. And again, we talked about it a minute ago about how quickly Brentford turned the ball over and moved forward. And obviously, 83 minutes gone on the clock. Silver puts it in the bottom corner, two 0 game over. Um, really disappointing, Tom.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Guerrero gives the ball away on halfway. Um, stupid pass. I mean, we talk about, you know, the subs he made making a positive impact. Yeah, just you can pass. kind of
0: understand yeah. getting caught yeah. on that, but they were they were, they were getting into the 80th minute. They were, they were searching for, I oh, mean, it's a it terrible pass. Bad. I mean, see C- C- my notes prior to Norwich. Like, like, I think sometimes our lads don't realise we we're playing red. Um, <laughs> that's the problem. Maybe the colour blind. <laughs> don't know. But, um, yeah, it was a terrible pass. I, I, look, I was just trying to give him some benefit of the doubt. But, yeah, as you were.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was rubbish. And uh, <laughs> the silvers
0: obviously... Oh, yeah. ...could yeah. see yeah. straight right. away
1: uh, that it was going to end up in a goal. I bet Brentford fans were kind of... Well, some of them would have been confident. I bet some of them would have been like, oh, is it... I mean, no Forest fan had any doubts once they entered that Forest half that they were going to score. I mean, uh, there was no point of me... You, the, the script was there. I'd read it. I'd set it on fire. I knew what, mm. what was, what was going to happen. Like, uh, yeah, it was. It was super straightforward. No, and the third goal was an absolute.
0: I mean, the third goal. Uh, if you could just pick, put a picture, a moment, put a moment, pick a moment, just to encapsulate our whole season, it was the fact that it was a long punt. In fact, it was a clearance. The, the def- defender or the centre midfielder was absolutely smashed his foot through it. Long punt forward uh ball goes over the top figueredo basically watches it go over his head tony gets in in between him and samba samba hesitates and, and he just toe pokes it past samba 3-0 i mean fair play for tony for for, for, for following the ball but my god i mean what were our two were doing it was just incredible. I think
1: I think sometimes the, the Chuckle Brothers comparison is brought in too much into society. But this was a proper Chuckle oh, Brothers. flashbacks to Stoke. I think because you had Barry and Paul, oh, Tobias and... Flashbacks and to Stoke
0: last year, oh, those dying Jesus. moments. It was terrible.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, even Tony, you know, will get praise for putting himself about and stretching for it, fair play to him. But while we? Go Barry and Paul at the back there just really messed it up for Forrest. Well, just to and top it know, off, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you, at that, that
0: point, my little one was that, that dying to put Bing on the telly. I you know what, sorry, I'm turning it off. You can have your kids' programmes on. And then just to, uh-huh. I just I to top it off, Knockhart then gets sent off for a second yellow yeah, after I'd turned the telly off. Um, for diving, it was a dive. Um, I mean, he was, was lucky. He was lucky to well, be on the pitch think- before that moment. Let's be honest with you, because we talk about all his good his, his, his good points. And as I say, his good points were, again, him coming on, spark Forrest into life. And he was definitely the brightest spark on that pitch in a red shirt. But the petulance that he shows time and time again, when he gets frustrated, kicking out, his first yellow was a blatant yellow. He's had a lash out uh, after that as well. And then, whether it was a dive or not, the theatrics, he, he, he wasn't going to be a penalty. I can tell you that. So, he's made the referee give a decision, and you just don't need it. We're not going to, even if he gets a penalty and we convert it, we're still not going to get a point out of it. We're not going to go and score a third. So, think yeah. long term, think about the next no, game, I mean, stay on your that's, feet.
1: That's. I mean, there's two things for me there. That's one thing, actually, a good point you touch on. You know, we talk about Ryan Yates' uh, goalkeeping uh, effort at Reading away. You know, it's being a smart footballer. And I didn't give Ryan, Ryan Yates the benefit of the doubt because, you know, I'm not going to touch on that too much more. But Knockout should have a bit more experience than, than Ryan Yates. And what a stupid thing to do. I mean, look, does he get clipped? Yes, I do think he gets clipped. Does he make a meal that's the problem. Yes, he does, yeah. and that's where the problem. That's the problem, and I think it also goes down to his reputation within the game. Anthony Knockout, you know whether people think that's right or wrong that referees and no players have a reputation in the game or not. Anthony Knockout has a reputation. <laughs> of being but if activity,
0: he doesn't go down with the theatrics and, the, and he has um, big clip, does he get a penalty? It's the theatrics and the reaction. A, you don't get the penalty, and B, you get him sent mm. off. It's ridiculous because now we've got a massive game on Tuesday night. He would be for me as much as I've just called. We've just called him a tit, or you've called him a tit, He would on the, in the attacking <laughs> third. He would be the, the first player on the team sheet for me on Tuesday night. And I actually had a little flick on on one of the one of the Wednesday forums. Al's talk talk uh, earlier on this afternoon, and they they're delighted that Knockart's not playing on Tuesday night. And and it's just pure stupidity, and it just really summed up a, 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 a poor afternoon. And you, 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 there were spells in that second half where I thought Forest were going to get something out of it, and then ultimately our Achilles' heels has just undone us again. And I mean, can you take any positives out of this last week to take into what is now a, an absolutely crucial? Period between now and and the new year in reality is there anything you can take out of it that you go right I can hang me at least hang out on that and build from that
1: yeah sixty fifth minute of the grade, I've got shown a yellow card so he misses he misses I like that week. a bit uh, of
0: you know what? I don't, I no, don't I feel bad. No. I
1: don't feel bad about
0: it. So, uh, let's talk about Joe Worrell's post-match run after the game yesterday. it's probably the most interesting thing that came out of uh, the, the whole Saturday afternoon. Um, we spoke at length about the ownership and the off-the-field issues last week. Um, I suppose, is, is it right to ask questions about the, the players too? His, his post-match interview was, I suppose for me, I'm, I'm a bit... I'm on the fence of it, to be honest with you, Tom. Um, it's pleasing to hear, but I think it's alarming in, in equal measures. Um, main quote, obviously, that, that, that to take from it is where he said, we're, we're a team, but we're not friends at the end of the day. We've got to be honest with each other, and I can't stand being near the foot of the table. Um, I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment, and I'm, and I'm obviously glad that, as the captain, that he's he's passionate and he, he's he's pissed off, and obviously he's not frightened so that he's... His teammates um, know it, but the but the thing is, we're a team. We're not friends. Um, I mean, none of us are friends at the minute. I can't say I'm particularly that friendly with Forrest at the minute. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, Tom. What's your thoughts on that? I, I'm not quite. I get the tone, but I'm not necessarily. I think I don't like the content necessarily.
1: Yeah, I thought it was quite alarming. I get the um, the point of why he's done it. He's trying to be that kind of main man, he's trying to be a captain figure and he's trying to, I think you know, when teams are in trouble fans always say, oh we just need honesty from our players and, and things like that, but the whole um, you know, we're a team, we're not friends all that did for me was make me so concerned and mm. I think you know, it, it tells a story about the club in terms of you, we've gone from having such a tight-knit unit, now people will turn around and go that tight-knit unit monumentally messed up our season at the end of last season. But it worries me that we have gone from having what was a tight-knit unit to all of a sudden, obviously, Joe Worrell... I mean, maybe I'm taking it completely uh, the the wrong way, but the way it sounds to me is he's basically saying, yeah, we're a a team of strangers now. Yeah, it sounds like
0: he's calling it out. I mean, look, I'm quite happy to say... I, I think there needs to be an honest conversation amongst the players and the staff because what they're serving up at the minute, and they're all on good money, and you think of the players that we've brought in, some of them are absolutely stealing a living at the minute. Um, let's be honest, it's nowhere near good enough. Ha- Hopefully, this kind of galvanising effect will have the same impact that it did post-Chef a Wednesday. Obviously, this time last year, we got smashed 4 at home to Wednesday and 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 afterwards obviously Sabri came out and said there were some honest conversations I had in the changing room with the staff and the players after that because it wasn't working but for me it's it's there's a way to do it though and that felt like airing your dirty laundry in public and and I'm not sure I necessarily would have would have made that move some some all, some old hero for it and i've seen a lot on twitter today saying good lad for for standing up and obviously it's good to have a player that cares so much and undoubtedly, Joe Worrell, I mean, you know what you get with Joe Worrell in terms of he, he is for us through and through and he obviously cares about the football club. There's just a little bit, little bit, a smarter way of doing it. I don't, we don't need uh, players to be best mates. I don't need them fist bumping all the time. I don't need, n- 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 need to know that they're all around each other's houses or not hopefully, uh, playing Call of Duty or whatever. We don't need a group like that, but you need them you need them to play for each other, to want them to play for each other. And as you said, the team, team spirit is is crucial, no matter what, like whether you're on a football pitch or whether it's professional, amateur, et cetera. We've all, we've all played various sports. The, the whole the good thing about playing sport as a team is that team spirit and, and the crack that you kind of strike up with your teammates. That is completely lacking. You can see that from just watching the games. There's absolutely nothing there it looks like half of them don't even know each other's names, which is probably understandable, bearing in mind 14 new signings coming in the summer. Um, we know that all of those issues that we talked about last week in terms of the way that Forest have gone about their business, and obviously that's not helped. But but I think it's it's right to ask questions of those players, Tom. Surely they're, they're, some of their attitudes aren't right. And I'm not going to go into the whole... I'm, I, I don't want to use this time to to go in and call different players out because I don't think that's that's not productive or you know even from us fans it's not necessarily productive to go and start naming individuals and calling individuals out because I think as a collective it's not good enough.
1: No and I think um, you know obviously we've criticised the club so it's only fair for us to now start looking at criticising the squad as well and you know, maybe even the, the management staff at some point. But, you know, one thing for me is, you know, you just spoke about there in terms of we, we don't need a squad that, you know, plays Call of Duty all the time and things like that. And I, I get what you're saying. but
0: Or any video game, Tom. I'm not too bothered. Or anything. <laughs> not, <I'm> not too <laughs> bothered what they play, what they do in their own time. But you yeah, know what I I'm think... getting at.
1: Yeah, I get get what you mean. But I think it goes back to kind of, this isn't me sticking up for the players because I just don't think they're doing enough. I think there's a couple of things. When you sign 14 players in a COVID football world, (laughs) you will not get the same team bonding that you would have in a normal footballing world before COVID. You just won't because they can't, go and do the same things that they could have before. Um, obviously, they spend a lot of time together as a group on the training pitch, but they can't necessarily bond or, or get to know each other the way that they would have before. So, I just wonder, you know, I, this is, I mean, we've spoke spoken about the squad and now it seems like I am talking about the club again. I just thought it was incredibly, regardless of how last season ended, you know, it's one of those things in football. If they'd not made changes, then we would have complained that we had that squad that did a monumental mess up. But in the current landscape, was it smart to to shake up the squad as much as they do and leave absolutely no team connection whatsoever? You know, some of the players that left, obviously, cash went for for big for big cash, um, but so i can 't blame the club for selling him, but obviously, he must have been a good a good person to have around the team. We can see that within ourselves mm-hmm. Ben Watson going would have been a big personality to have around the team now i wouldn't i'm not saying i wouldn't have sold cash fifty mil because I would have, and i 'm not saying i wouldn't have let Ben Watson leave because I actually would have but then I just have to question whether they've got the right types of people in to fit the squad they have. Did they think about that? I'm not sure they did. And yeah, going back to the squad, are they doing enough, as much as they can, to bond as quickly as they possibly can? I don't think they are. But I don't question the players trying. I just think it looks like a complete and utter mishmash of personalities, qualities at this moment in time. People are sat there scratching their head going, I can't work out what's wrong because the team on paper does look good. But it's just not working. It's not clicking. It's as simple as whether, that. And that.
0: Yeah, I was going oh to say whether it's through. Say you just made a point there about them not trying, etc. And say I don't think there's anyone necessarily putting a red shirt on and going out there and not trying. But there is definitely where there is definitely instances where players aren't making runs they're not tracking back what what i struggle with at the minute is it doesn't there doesn't seem to be a group there or a team that are all that are all pulling in the same direction and there's a there's a number of players who look like they go through spells quite large spells throughout games sulking uh and completely shrugging of shoulders are moaning and there's no tracking back. And as I say, we moaned for, for a couple of years that we didn't seem to have an identity as a football club. You know, we've talked about you, you, Brentfords tonight, Leeds have obviously got a way of playing under Bielsa. Um, we, 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 and there are other clubs as well at this level and at Premier League level that are obviously that have an identity. You know what you're going to get. Um, we, we talked that for, for ages we, we didn't have an identity. And Sabri managed to instil that. And you've talked about Sabri in last season, but Sabri gave us an identity last year. And I think, looking back on it, and I think at the time we acknowledged that we didn't have, probably ability-wise, we, we didn't have one of the best squads in the Championship last season. And ultimately, obviously, we, we know how it ended. So, obviously, it ended badly and we fell outside of the top six. But for a lot for a long spell of that season, we were in and around, we were in the top six. And we were probably punching above our weight and the reason we're punching above our weight is because we had a team who had an unbelievable team spirit who all works their socks off for each other um and that they would fight right until the end you know you think back to some of those games last season that and don't i say fight to the end i'm fully aware that we shot ourselves in the foot numerous times at the end of matches but we would we you you, you thought that for are in it right until the end and Think back to that West Brom game last year where Cashy got the the equaliser, they, and the, and the celebrations when Cashy got those goals, and and you know, the the Leeds game again that we always harp on about. But the, there seemed to be this core unity of togetherness, and 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 that squad really was working. One of the clips I still love back and think back to to last season was actually after lockdown, and it was the Bristol City game, a uh, midweek game where there was the Ribeiro Roadrunner clip where it was like the 95th minute and he was he was up on the edge of the Bristol City 18-yard box and then he turns around and he absolutely canes it. And that's in the 95th minute. I'm not seeing that at the minute. I'm not seeing anyone bust a gut to, to track back or, or really, really fight for the team. And that's what's worrying me, Tom, more than anything, is the fact that there's just too many people shrugging and, and not putting a shift in.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I can't can't really put it any any different way. I think, you know, there isn't that there isn't anyone leading this team. Mm. It's as simple as that. It's a it's a bunch of strangers on a pitch, all just trying to hope that they, you know. I, and I see that with uh, sometimes when I see some of the attacking players pick up the ball, they don't really. Well, if they want to find another person, they can't because they're just on a different wavelength. And sometimes they just don't even bother trying because they 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 just don't know what the other the other members of their team are thinking. So, <laughs> I think it, what Forest have done in terms of taking a risk with the amount of players they've added and changing the coaching staff in the current circumstances. I think just feeds all into that. And Forrester now, you know, reaping the consequences. Yeah, it's it's
0: backfired massively. It just appears to be a real lack of desire. It's time for those players to step up, say a lot of those signs that we've brought in are on big, big money. You know, we've brought in experienced championship players. They will be on big bucks. So there is a need there that they really really need to shape up. I think as a fan, you know, Obviously, we want to win every week. We want to win every game. We want promotion. We want to be in the Premier League, right? Ultimately, that's what we want. But I think all you ask for, but, but I think we're realistic as well. Some fans might not be, but I think in the main, most most fans are realistic. And I think if, if you've got a team that just puts on that red shirt on a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday night and goes out there and gives their all and leaves everything on that pitch at the end of 90 minutes, 95 minutes, that's all you can ask for. If, you, if, if they then do that and you get beat and you get beaten by a better side, you go, fair enough, we've been beaten by a better side. But you want them to leave everything out on that pitch and give it a damn good go. That's all, you've ever could, that's all you can ask for as a, as a paying fan. We're not getting that. I'll be honest. We're not getting that. So I, I, I think where Joe Warrell's coming from, I think that's the frustration he's feeling. As I say, going back to that first point, has he done it in the right way? Will it have the desired effect Probably not. I think he probably shouldn't hit behind closed door. Will he have the desired effect? I hope so, because we need something in this spell that we're in. Um, Timing's everything. The way it's received will be interesting. It could go one or two ways that, but I really hope it does have the the same effect as obviously that behind-the-scenes chat had last year after Wednesday because they've got to do something because if they don't realise it, if they didn't realise it, They've got to now. As it stands, Forest are in a relegation battle, and they might not be. This might be, to your point, back at start. This might be being ott, and we might be sat here Jan, Feb, March, and going, oh, I don't know what that Palava was about. Like we're sat comfortably table, great, happy days. But as it stands, we are in a dogfight, and they need to roll their sleeves up and and uh, and start pushing as as a unit and as a team and 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 fighting for the same goal.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you know, Forest, the Forest team at the moment. It's almost as if you know, if the director of the film Finding Nemo, uh, just thought, you know, packed up his suitcase and thought, oh, we won't bother getting the fish to find Nemo. You know, we'll just stay at home and let Nemo die. And that, you know, that is what Home Alone last week,
0: Finding Nemo this week. I tell you, you do pull him out of the bag. <laughs>
1: That is what the forest team are doing. Forest at the moment, they're just letting us drop to the bottom yeah. of the tank.
0: Wow. And yeah.
1: um, look, look, you know, I think Worrell's obviously, um, you know, tries to to rally his troops. Um they are shot he, off.
0: Of I'm not quite sure. Where he's gone, but
1: <laughs> but um, I just we don't know that these players and how they will react in in this kind of circumstance. A lot of them, like I've said before, supposedly quite experienced. So how they'll take to a young Joe War, will they take some inspiration from it? Or they think, What the hell have you just come out and said uh, that wasn't tell what, you what I'd like well. to be a fly on the I'd, I'd like, that, like to be
0: yeah. a fly on the wall in training tomorrow morning. So yeah that could yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Hey, it, well I just hope they're watching fine. Or for a while they might as so. well have been instead of playing Bloody Brentford yesterday. Um but it's, 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 Chris Hutton has got a job on his hands now and, and um look I'm for, for, not for one minute saying that um, a lot of the stuff that's going on the minute is he, down to Chris and he's inherited an absolute... Uh, he probably thought it was a cracking job with a cracking squad and still had a chance. And I think he's probably not realised the scale of the problem uh, underneath the surface at Forest. Um, I think it's fair to say, if we're we questioning the players out, I think we need to also look at Hughton at as well. I think that's only fair. Um, and some of the decisions he's made. Look, he talks about individual mistakes costners. yet he seems to pick those same players week in, game in, game out, despite having a, a fairly decent-sized squad. Um, he also, you know, he he's tried, in, in essence, he's tried to shift the, the system about a bit and tinker with it a bit, but for me, game in, game out, it feels as though it's... Uh, go again approach um and we're going with a similar formation similar start in 11 similar tactics and coming out with the same result so I think questions need to be asked there as well in terms of if if Tobias Figueredo is a liability one game decent next game liability next well you've got Dawson and Ember So obviously sat in the stands is it not time to give one of those guys a go? And I know, obviously, we're going to be doing that on Tuesday night anyway, but I, I question that a touch in terms of... Um, and, I, and I'm not quite sure he's got the combinations right in the centre of the park, but that would be my only criticism. Um, but, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think fans, unfortunately, we seem to be, not even just as a club, as a fan base, be going round in a continuous merry-go-round, right, you know? A manager comes in um, and he gets a new squad. He then has no time to work with a squad um, and then ultimately will get fired mm. for it um, my you know I was having a conversation the other day and, uh, with some of the lads, and I was saying Forest just seem to be continuously very good at hiring the right people at the wrong time. Um, or vice versa, the wrong people. But, well, the wrong people at the right time, I suppose. <laughs> right. But I know you know where are you I mean. going? <laughs> just you know, you peaked um, at
0: the Nemo thing, mate. You suck. Leave
1: it. I think that's now yeah. over for me. Um, you know, and I'm not saying, look, Hutton have Forrest made a mistake already? I, I, I wouldn't dare do that right now. I think Hughton, obviously. I raised my concerns when we appointed him in the first place, but I think we have to now give him the opportunity because of the time and what we've already done this season in terms of the amount of players we've signed and the fact we've already sacked the manager. So I think, you know, Hewton's got all the the experience in the world. Now it's up to these players to start responding to him and following Mm -hmm. what he's saying. He says he is not changing that team because he wants continuity in the team. I get what he's saying. I think he's wrong to do so, but he is far more more experienced than me. I mean, I am unbeaten on Football Manager's 21, <laughs> but he is far far more experienced than me in real life. So he obviously thinks that's the right thing to do and he's had success at other clubs, probably doing exactly the same thing. Um, but... There does have to be question marks on picking the same people that continuously, you know, are making you concede goals and Tobias Figueredo is one of them and there's other players in that squad who I could definitely say, oh, why are they still there? They're not offering anything on a a game-by-game basis, you know, a player that I would drop um, and people might call me arse even though he can obviously get something out of nothing is Joe Lolly. Because I just think he, at the moment, is in a bit of a confidence crisis. Um, And I think, you know, that needs to be looked at. But look, he's got his way of doing things. If it ultimately gets for a success, no Mm. one's going to complain. But it's just how long can Chris Hewton go making those same decisions? And I don't think he can go very long at all. I think the next few games are incredibly important for him. So... You know, and I'm sure he will look at that team and who to pick next, and whether he will continue the same way. We'll just have to wait. Yeah, I think for we... me,
0: here I'm not even in my mind. There's no question marks over over Chris Euston. I want him to to see out the sea, which is ridiculous. Like, do you know what I mean? We've, we've appointed a man in uh, in October, November time, and we're we're, we're mid December. We're talking about this, but this is the way that Forest works. So this is the way that we have to talk him. But I'm, I'm hoping he gets, you know, he gets the full season and he gets the summertime to rebuild and go again next year. And I have every faith in his ability. His track record proves that. And the and the clubs and the, and the press that he's worked under proves that. I just think there is there is things that I don't think the players are helping him out, as we've talked about. And and he can pick the team and they, they go into the pitch and they have to perform and they're letting him down. They're letting him down badly. But I do have to question his his starting eleven, as I said. And just, the, just the, the sheer volume of subs and the timings of the subs that he's just not making in reality. Um, you know, you're allowed to pick nine subs. Uh, on. You're allowed to have nine on the bench and you're allowed to make five in a game. And we're averaging two at most, I think, in, in his tenure. Um, and I would question, you know, when you're playing the games, games are coming as frequently as they are. And we've got the squad the size that we've got. You would, I, I would, I would want him in, and want to encourage him to try and, and, and use as much of those players as he can. But hey, look, he, as you said, he's got far more experience than any of us. Um, he knows a damn sight more about football than any of us do. Um, so it's time to back him and, and it's time to trust him. But yes, hey, Forrest are coming into a real crunch period now. Um, starting with, with Wednesday at home on Tuesday night and the. This is going to be crucial. I think this will make or break our season and whether it's really going to be a long, long, long slog throughout the rest of the season or whether we can try and break free and and, and start moving up the table. I mean, Wednesday are currently four points below us, rooted bottom of the league. It's worth, worth noting, obviously, they started on minus six um they actually started on minus 12 obviously got that ban or got that uh, adjusted to minus six so they've picked up more points than us um it's the first thing to know they're currently sat at the bottom of the league which sums it up obviously replaced Gary Monk who sacked in November um Tony Poulis has come in uh hasn't won a game in the first seven they've lost their last three um so, you know what's coming. It, it, it's uh, the similarities between both of us and them, I'd say, Tom. Yeah, I mean, their confidence is at a rock bottom. I saw some of the clips from their game. Obviously, they, they lost at home to Barnes yesterday after going, I think they were 1 0 up after four minutes and lost that game. And and some of the errors that they were making, um, you may as well have been watching Forest. It just seems like there are so many similarities between the two clubs at the minute. Yeah, they seem to be
1: carbon cop people. Like if you'd said to Wednesday fans, "Oh, yeah, I'm just glad they've not got Gary Monk in charge." And the reason I say that is because I think uh, if Gary Monk was in charge of Wednesday, um, regardless of of how he obviously was coming and, and doing it at Wednesday, I think he would have set up his team to just take the game too far. Yeah. and he did that when Fabio Lomucci was in charge, and we you know what happened. Now I'm not saying that would have happened in. You know, if they played us again the, the the following few times, that they would have, you know, they were just incredibly clinical that day. But monks teams do take the the game too, yeah. And in the current circumstances and in the confidence that this Forest team are having at the moment, I would hate hate to see that. I think they could they could have run riot. The lucky thing is, and I mean, I could be absolutely ripping this up, but the lucky thing is is they they've got Tony Pulis who who is also very defensive. So, I'm not sure this will be... <laughs> the classic. Nice I mean, it's watch. funny to say
0: that, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I've had a look at their last couple of uh, last couple of away games. They played away at Huddersfield and away at Norwich. They've set up as a 4-5-1 away at Huddersfield. You would think, again, you'd fancy going there and trying to get something. And they've set up as a, a 5-4-1 away at Norwich. Very defensive. And Josh Windass up front on his own. So, not really an out-and-out striker either, Josh Windass player, that's linked with us. Um, last January, so yeah, it will be interesting. I don't think it's going to be one for the purists. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's got snore, draw, nil, nil written all over it. Um, what are you going for, Tom? <laughs> yeah, nil,
1: nil, actually. Yeah, I am going <laughs> so what a, what a shocker! Yeah, I'm going nil, nil. I think you know, look, Wednesday have some decent players well, yeah, similar to us I suppose, I, some, I look at their team we've got Barry Bannon as, as captain um, we've got Dominic Eilf, um Adam Reach um, but I just think it's going to be a real tough one to watch this, um, it'd be nice to see Houghton set up his team to, to go go at Wednesday and uh, you know, we then can only hope that the Forest team get some confidence in doing that But 1-0 Forest,
0: to- I don't think we're going to nick it 1-0 Forest. nick it. Um, that's all I can say. It's definitely not going to be a pretty one to watch. Um, we followed that up with Millwall. Millwall away on Saturday, 17th place, Millwall. Um, they had a good season last time around. Obviously, they're pushing for a playoff um, Playoff spots. So you've missed out on it towards the end of last season. But a lot was expected of them this season. Um, and they had a steady start, but there's no wins in the last 10. It actually took me by surprise when I... Uh, went through their run of games. Obviously, they got beat 3-0 away at Middlesbrough at the weekend. Um, In terms of their last two at home, they've drawn to QPR and lost to Derby. Um, They've got Bristol City away midweek before we face them. Um, Interesting setup, tend to set up as a 3-4-2-1. And obviously, they've got real danger men in Jed Wallace and Matt Smith. And obviously, Matt Smith, we know well after he completed a a first-half hat-trick against us in the last game at the City Ground pre-COVID lockdown. Um, and as I say, the way that we're defending him, I mean, it's certainly from set-pieces and, uh, well, anywhere, really, aerially. we hope that he's he's going to be an absolute handful. I hope McKenna is obviously back fit, because obviously McKenna will be a big... Uh, he's been a big miss, actually, in the last few weeks. So this is going to be a tricky one, Tom, even Millwall in the form they're in. Um but another side probably really low on confidence. Good players on paper. Um say that about us, I suppose. But yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a tough one. Never never a great place to go to the den, even with only two thousand fans in there.
1: Yeah, no, nah, a horrible one. And obviously, Mr. Rawit um faces us again. Like you said, they have got some good players like Jed Wallace. Uh, Marlon Romeo was a player that I think is is a decent young player within their squad, um, but yeah, winless in in ten, uh, and obviously they came up against Borough were unbeaten in ten, I believe when they when they came up against them. Um, so Millwall can't buy a win, Forrest can't buy a win. Uh, I'm going nil nil now. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll go one nil Forest. I think they might nick this one I can't believe I'm saying it to be honest with you I do want to go nil nil but well, I'll cheer it. you
0: up Tom because I am going to go nil nil I think I think we'll I think oh, we'll beat I Wednesday I think we'll draw at Millwall and that'll be a, a decent return I think next next week if we can sit here next Sunday night and got four points in the bank I'll be very happy with that so um shall we wrap it up there Tom I think um I think we've all had enough for one night <laughs> I don't think I can take any more of talking about Forrest at the minute. So, um, look if you want to get in touch with this guy, same email. Um, it's time added on pod at outlook Or if
1: you want to give us a follow on Twitter or give us some stick on Twitter, follow us on at time added
0: on pod. See you next week, guys. You read.